What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning back in. It's your host for the day, Andre Suttles. Normally behind the camera, stepped out of front. Ted and Jess are on vacation, as we said last week. Oh, actually, shout out to Jess. It is her birthday today, so happy birthday, Jess. But if this is your first time listening, thank you guys for tuning in. What this podcast is, is it's essentially going over living your best life. It's that rain, the, the rain before the rainbows. It's that test uh, that essentially gave you that testimony, right? So what we're going to be going over today is we're going to be talking about change and how to cope with it, right? Change and coping. I call it C-squared. Uh, but what I'm doing, I'm, I'm actually, guys, I started a new job, well, a new internship this past week at Next Innovation Center downtown. So I'm actually sitting in here right now recording. If it sounds like I'm in a, a big kind of co-working warehouse millennial type thing, then yeah, that's where I'm at. So what we're going to be talking about today is change and life is full of change, guys. Let's, let's make sure that is, it's clear. Um, I think a lot of people kind of stray from change because they're, they're unaware of what, what could happen and they tend to kind of project or predict the negative aspects of it versus kind of seeing the positive aspects of it as well. Right. But life is full of change. And today we're going to be talking about a few of my personal examples um, of kind of change and how it led me to the path and, and to where I am today. So, um, going back to high school at East Paulding, um, I remember my junior year, I broke my collarbone playing North Paulding. First time we've ever played them and big game broke my collar. I was actually running for a touchdown and someone caught me from behind, um, and jumped on my back and we both landed, like flew forward and landed on my collarbone. And it, it was long story short, I broke it a couple weeks later, coach McKenzie, shout out to coach McKenzie. Um, gave me a call and offered me a scholarship actually to Furman University to play football. And I'm sitting here on the phone with him like, you you know, I have a broken collarbone, right? Like you didn't, you, you saw that, right? <laughs> uh, but but he was aware, understood understood everything. And it was actually my junior year. I had a whole nother year as well. So um, this, this actually kind of leads in, into my first big change. And what had happened was after my senior year, I received a couple of offers and I went on an official visit to the Air Force Academy. And when I was at the Air Force Academy, I learned a couple things and it, it told a couple things and saw a couple things in the future. And it just seemed to be the perfect fit for me at the time. And what actually happened was I decommitted from Furman after being committed to the my entire senior year and actually went to the Air Force Academy. And when I got to the Air Force Academy, I remember my first day there, we went through basic training or, well, you know, we had basic training in the summer. And I remember my first day at practice, my coach handed me a playbook and the playbook said RB on it. And I'm sitting here like, hmm, I I have a decent little football IQ and I know RB means running back. And I know in high school I played receiver and I'm sitting here like, well, what's coach, who do I need to pass this to, like, <laughs> trying to figure it out, and he goes, well, we think it'll be a perfect fit for our slot back, for, for our wing our wing back, he goes emotional a lot of time, and I'm like, well, coach, you know what I'm saying, you you guys told me, you guys sat in my living room and told me, sat there right in my dining room, eating chicken dip with me and my parents, and tell, told me that I would play receiver um, for the academy, and I get there, and I'm playing running back, and they were like, yeah, we understand that, but this, you know, we, we you, you have a very high, very, very high chance of of starting at running back or you could split time with him at receiver and I look over and to this day I still talk to him still one of my good friends Jalen Robinette <laughs> my boy Jalen was standing right over there and he's light-skinned 6'5 tattoos just like me same haircut good smile and I'm like man this is 
Well, dang. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and at the time, Firm, or Air Force only had one receiver on the field. And I'm like, well, this is going to be this is gonna be a, a, a four years. So um, I actually called Coach Fowler and, and told him this was not for me. I remember talking to Coach Fowler and asking him once I graduated basic training and asking him if there was any other spots open. And he um, had mentioned that he'd give me a call back and I had to figure it out and everything. But uh, I remember this was this was one of the, the, the big kind of the first kind of big changes in my life. Uh, I, I transferred from the Air Force Academy and went to Furman University. And I did this the day before classes started at Furman. So I actually had a red shirt that, that freshman year. And I remember that looking back at it now, it's one of the, the best decisions I've made. Um, I remember that there's a there's a couple things that I learned at the Air Force Academy that I wasn't fully aware of um, being an athlete and speaking to other athletes when I got there through the mentoring process. But at Furman, I remember it was it was just... I, I just felt like that was that home, the home community, the family environment, and dealing with dealing with the the change of it all. I remember when I went to the Air Force Academy. One thing that didn't sit well with me at all is I'm a huge family person, and we couldn't have our phones for the first three months. And whenever I would write, I would write a letter every day and send it. And my parents wouldn't get that letter until three days later. So if I wrote a letter on Monday, they wouldn't get that letter until Thursday thursday friday potentially but then when they wrote a letter back in response to that letter i wouldn't get it for another three days so it'd be a week six seven days a week depending on there were some days we didn't check our mail week a week to you know in between six to eight days where that's where that communication would be of that one conversation so we'd be having we'd have like four or five different conversations going on um in in the mail just so we could uh, remain in contact but that was one thing where i was like i don't i don't want to say i'm dependent on communicating with my family but it's one thing that i value and is it's, it's a priority of mine so i was like this isn't this isn't something for me realistically my parents would be able to catch maybe one game a year and i love seeing my parents at the game so that was a change that i that i had to make um and it was coping with it it was something where a lot of people didn't didn't understand it they didn't understand why i would give up that opportunity at their force academy um and you know you're guaranteed a job making fifty five thousand dollars when you graduate and things like that but you know money is not everything and capital does not buy happiness money does not buy happiness um so that was one thing that i that i had to make for my personal decision and looking back on it one reason i kind of went to air force was because a lot of other people wanted it for me more than I wanted it for myself. So I, I didn't feel like I fully understood it at the time, but I knew if I went, I feel like I would in, in the future. Um, but kind of, kind of moving on, that was, that was ultimately kind of the, the kind of footsteps or the, the, the bottom stones that kind of led me into, into my path now. So when I got there, I originally wanted to be a, a doctor, uh, kind of wanted to do the bio, bio kind of science major aspect. But I found out very quickly that there were a lot of labs and I couldn't do the labs and be essentially how great I wanted to be a football and have a social life. It just wasn't all adding up. So what I did was I changed my major to computer science. And this was another lesson I learned. Everyone listen to this, that every change that you, every change you go to make in the future inside of saving you, whatever it may be, time, effort, money, it, they're not always going to pan out the way you want. That That's called a failure and that's okay. Those are part of, those are part of the path. You have to fail in order to grow. That's where some of the biggest lessons are, lo- are learned through those, those L's, the lessons, right? 
Um, so what I did was I changed from <laughs> I changed from bio or pre med um, to computer science, which I found out computer science actually has the exact amount of labs as bio and pre med. Every single computer science class above the hundred level has a lab afterwards. So I had lab pretty much every single semester of my college career. Um, I had lab every semester of my college career, but some semesters I had two labs. So that was a change I made to try to save some time and honestly try to save myself some some homework, schoolwork, but ended up having uh, pretty much the exact same. But codes are a little bit longer. So they'll give you a, for example, they'll give you a homework on Tuesday and be like, okay, this is due next Wednesday. Knowing that it's probably going to take you literally all of that to do it of every of every class day. So um, that was just another change we made or that I made that that I actually feel like it was a it was a good change. Um, It taught me work ethic at computer science. One thing that that I really took from the computer science major is how to think at a micro level, how to dissect and dissect and dissect and dissect. And we call that debugging. Right. So how to debug and debug and debug and debug. So I like to get down to the little, 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 little things. As far as like when we're having a conversation, my shoulders are never going to be pointed directly at you. They'll be they'll be a little open. They will always be open when we're having a conversation because I don't want you to feel like we're at a we're at a competition. We're not. It's 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 collaboration over competition actually so it's going to be us figuring out what the problem is at hand and 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 figuring it out and i can help you do that by opening my shoulders a little bit and showing you that hey i'm you know i'm I'm not a threat to by any means so little things like that that uh that computer science kind of taught me that which is actually kind of it's weird how it all goes in a circle when you (laughs) when you when you get older and start um kind of realizing things but yeah so moving on we uh, my my time at Furman, i i did actually have I did play football there and was fortunate enough to play all four years um actually hold a couple of couple of records up at Furman and um the the my always growing up I always wanted to play in the NFL just as any I feel like any other kid growing up who plays sports or wants to play at that at the highest level in, in the league right and I feel like um going to Furman it made me feel like a big fish in a small pond However, I always, I never really lost sight of, of that dream, but I understood that at Furman being a smaller school, it was a little bit harder to achieve that. Now, with that being said, that was one reason I decided to focus so heavily on education was because I knew that the NFL is the not for long league, right? It's the league where <laughs> you're, you're, you know, the average minimum is like five years or something like that. I don't even know anymore. I stopped looking into it. Uh, but there's... I remember my senior year, the exact same play that I broke the Furman record for career reception yards from a receiver was the exact same play I broke my leg. And coincidentally, it was the exact same day my brother tore his ACL. And I don't know if, if, if y'all believe in, in God or not, but I felt like that was a sign. That was a sign. He was just like, look, this is y'all. That's, that's, that's the... That's the that's the subtles that's the subtles rap right here for for now, for now. Uh, but <laughs> what one one thing that uh, that that happened was the trainers actually misdiagnosed my broken leg as a calf contusion, and we did treatment for that entire week on a calf contusion, everything from deep tissue massages to, I mean, everything. Trust me, and. I didn't even, I, I didn't realize at the time that that would be my last time ever stepping on a football field and playing. And, you know, kind of looking back on it, it's like, 
as an athlete, they're all, they always tell you, you know, the next play's never guaranteed, next game's never guaranteed. But in that moment, you know, I actually broke my leg and finished that game. And like they tell you, it's a, it's a bruise. And your mind tells you, oh, it's just a bruise. You fight through it. And it it wasn't. And you, you were like, looking back on it, you realize, like, dang, you know, it. the next play is really never guaranteed. The next day is really never guaranteed. And that was kind of one of my first, the... I guess kind of my first realization that this is this is real you know it's about to get real I'm a senior fifth year senior a week left in my career one week left we're playing Mercer next week (laughs) and I have a broken leg was supposed to be training for the next two to three months on for pro day so I'll have a you know chance of, of doing that but man talk about change right <laughs> so um it was actually we, we we ended up doing treatment for another week after the season and um they ended up saying that it would just get better over time so about three and a half weeks pass and i'm coming down the stairs of my apartment and i land on my leg and about hit the ground and catch myself and i call our trainer and i'm like hey man this you told me this was a bruise and this is not a bruise i'll be honest with you i need to get an x-ray um still to this like at that point in time three and a half weeks out i had i hadn't gotten an x-ray and i was under the impression it was a bruise was going to be back training in a week or so but i go in to get an x-ray and guy tells me oh man it's starting to heal up starting to heal up nicely and i'm like what are you talking about he's like what are you talking about (laughs) and i was like oh this is my first time seeing it and he goes really he goes man your your leg broke straight through you have a straight break through your leg and i go over there look at it and sure enough there's a complete breakthrough my leg and i've had been walking on a broken leg for three and a half weeks and that was that was the day where i realized that that was that was the end of it um sitting there in that in the in the x-ray room when i walked up and i was like that was the end of it where two and a half two weeks out i had heard nothing from any trainers and you kind of feel you you kind of feel out there and and i'm alone you know what i'm saying there's no there's nowhere else you've done football for the past you know 12 12 years of my life like i've that's all i've done eat sleep eat sleep work out football like that's that's about it and then you realize that that's about it that like that's done um i I remember i was cleared one exactly one week before pro day um and i just kind of phased out and didn't didn't really didn't train at all didn't do anything like that because it I mean, that's what it was. I felt like football had got me, got me this far and it had, it had done its job. So kind of coping with that, I knew that I don't want to say that there would, there would always come a time where I knew it would end, but I didn't think it would end that quickly and right then. Um, but it opened a new chapter in my life. I knew that at the end of the day, I never wanted to work for anyone other than my brother. Um, and if you guys know me and my brother, are very, we're fa- very family oriented, very, um, we butt heads a lot, but that's, I mean, that's my best friend. That's my business partner. And, um, that's someone that growing up, we always knew we wanted to retire our parents working for each other. Um, but, and I, I knew for a fact that opened up that, that, that kind of page, but I had to work for someone. My brother still was in college. He was a, he was actually a junior at the time. So I had about a year until he graduated. So I joined the workforce. Um, first job out of college, I was doing AT&T sales, direct sales for Costco. I was in there. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Have you seen what Costco's doing? You seen what Costco's got going on for you guys? And <laughs> I'd be doing direct, direct sales, learning how to take a no, doing sales. And it was, it was fun, man. It was a, it was a good, pretty good commission, commission pay scale. So I was getting, getting paid pretty decently for what I thought at the time. Um, not, 
for how many hours you put in, it's it doesn't equal up. But <laughs> I didn't realize that at the time. I was living that semi entrepreneur life, where you know you're driving, you're going to going to going to work, getting off early, going in early, getting off early, going in late, just random. You know the entrepreneur lifestyle. And um, when I graduated from and I had five jobs in thirteen months, and I was that that was that millennial that that guy who, well, how do you know we're gonna how do you know we're going to be able to keep you around? And how do we know you're going to stay here? And I was that person. <laughs> but um, one thing about it was uh, I, I was learning a lot. That was one thing that, that I really I really wanted to do was learn the intangibles from each job, uh, no matter how many times I changed. So secondly, after, after that AT&T, I'll run you guys through the jobs real quick. So I had the AT&T sales job, and then I had the brand ambassador job with, uh, with So Hoodie, which was pretty cool. I was pretty much a traveling salesman around Greenville, and I was trying to sell these hoodie. It was, it was a hood without the hoodie. And what it was was the, the hood would clip, and it was like a, a, good, a good little hat, hood area, kind of compressed you and it made you feel like you were isolated so you could warm up work out stuff like that um next i worked for seo company and uh, helped manage a call center which was pretty fun pretty pretty stressful this is when i this is when i really learned the west coast kind of business and how important it is to communicate with the west coast on time um and according to their time their uh, their time zone and after that i became a, a photographer for a real estate company, which was really fun. It actually helped me phase myself into and realize how valuable I was as a photographer. Um, I was able to, well, they kind of gave me some free reigns and I was doing a lot of the, the background work and realizing how much, you know, clients were getting charged and realizing how much I was getting paid. And I'm like, these things aren't adding up. <laughs> but um, I, I phased out of that. And lastly, I grew into a door-to-door AT&T sales jobs. And the cool thing about this job was when I tell you that I was like literally making my own schedule, they gave, once you get trained up to a certain point, they give you an iPad and that iPad goes home with you and they give you all your leads there. They give you the neighborhoods from there. So I was literally just on my own schedule, door-to-door sales selling. And this was actually how my business came about. Um, I was walking around door to door, door to door selling AT&T and I remember taking a no and walking down this, this long driveway. It had to be probably 50, 50 yards long, something like that, 40, 50 yards long. And I remember walking back down the driveway and I was just said to myself, like, if I can knock on these people's doors and sell AT&T, chances are one they they have a side hustle of something why are they home during the day they're they have a hustle or, or have a uh, a gig or something they're working on two i can sell a photo shoot like i have my own camera i can knock on their door and sell a photo shoot if i can sell at&t to them cable these are the cable guys everyone's always closed the door to cable now if i present them with something that's going to help them and their company they might listen to me a little bit more so i was like if I'm going to knock on the door and sell AT&T, I might as well knock on the door and sell my product. So I originally would just get to know people a little bit better when I when I spoke to them. Um, so I'd knock on the door and ask people, you know, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, 
just here let here to let you guys know about the line work and stuff and i'd get to know them i'd figure out what they did for a living and i would actually talk to them about my side job before i even talked to them about my at&t job and what i realized was i got a couple of jobs from that and i was like you know what this is this is a sign I need to make a change. And I told myself that rather than work for another company for, you know, five, six hours and work on my, my company when I can, let me go ahead and work on my company for five to six hours and work on their company when I can. Let me flip it up. Right. And that was kind of the, the big breaking point for me. I started off selling photo shoots at $50 an hour and I, I didn't have a high overhead. It, my, my overhead at the time, my rent was 335 I think. Um, I was living in a three-bedroom with two other people. And I have a dog and, you know, just the basic things to maintain. And I was like, look, I can I can do this. And that was that was actually c- kind of how my business came about. Um, but that was it, was, it was a it was a change that, I'll be honest with you, I was, I was scared. When I, when I went and quit Conquest, um, it's Conquest Marketing was where I was working for for AT and T. I remember when I quit that, I was nervous because I had, I kid you not, y'all y'all probably gonna think I'm crazy, but I had one month's rent. I think it was like four hundred and something dollars in my bank account when I quit um, Conquest, and I was like, you know what, this is my month's rent. Um, Debo Debo already has a bag of food. I'm good to go. Like <laughs> I'll just finesse a little bit, just flip a buy or sell something like a cell phone something i've i've always been buying and selling electronics since me and my brother were in about seventh or eighth grade i remember we would always me and my brother would always hop in our not my 98 acura we'd go meet someone together public location buy the cell phone literally within about an hour have the cell phone already gone because we'd have it just like cross posted everywhere and make like 25 40 dollars to put it in the gas tank to go to like stars and strikes or something <laughs> like we we would always do things like that but um and in turn, going back to change and how I, and how I was coping with that, it was it was it was really it was really different because I would wake up at my own time, which I would I would still have like the discipline to wake up early. But it was like, well, what do I do now? Like, what what do I do? So I kid you not. People always people always ask, like, how did I go about marketing my photography business or how did I go about finding customers for videos? Like, I cannot make this up to you guys like. I would walk around and literally talk to people. I would walk around with my camera on the gimbal and just have it off. Literally, I would just hold my camera, just hold my gimbal with my camera being on it. And I kid you not, I would just walk around and, and say, hey, how are you? To just everyone I saw. One out of those 10 people are going to be like, hey, you do media? <laughs> and I, I kid you, I cannot make this thing. I cannot make this up. If y'all want to test it out, hit me up, shoot me a DM message on on Instagram, shoot me an email, shoot me a text. Let's walk around downtown. We will test it out to this day. I still do it to this day. My favorite places to go to are Cream Shack and Marble Slab. <laughs> I will get ice cream and sit out there with my gimbal and my laptop and just speak to people who look at me. If any, anyone who makes eye contact with me, I'm just like, hey, how are you guys doing? Or hey, how are you doing? Um, and just ask, genuinely get to know them. What are you guys, what are you doing, Greenville? Um, you'll be surprised how many people have a side hustle and how many people you can relate to and how many people that you can you can essentially help. Uh, so that was one thing that I did was I I, I had to, I, I came to a realization that if this was something I wanted to do, I had to do it. No one was really going to like I, I didn't have money at the time, so I couldn't run any ads or anything like, hey, photography, photo shoots for $50. So I couldn't run any ads or anything like that. But it was something that it was a challenge for me. That was the, that was the main thing. And I'm a very competitive person. So if I'm, if I'm at 
I was, that was one of the reasons I left every one of my jobs was I felt like I was stagnant. I felt like there wasn't room to really grow. So having having start a business, I felt like that's that's the it's like the ultimate way to grow. Almost like you have to start it from the ground and grow it up. <laughs> um, there is there's going to be a lot of failures, but that was something else I wanted to do. Like I know for a fact that I want to be an empowerment speaker and a life coach, and you can't do that without you can't you can't relate to those people without saying you've done it. I can't relate to a business owner if I've never been a business owner in that in that capacity. Yeah, I can relate to him as a football player or something like that, but. As a, as a business owner who's skipped those nights, who, who's had to pay, pay an editor, pay an editor for a video that, that you literally don't have time to do or something like that. And you do not get a cut out of the video, but it's for the, it's for the sake of the business, for the sake of the brand, right? Um, things like that to where you have to go through it to be able to relate to them, right? So bringing this all back in, guys, don't, don't be aware from change. change. Life is life is full of changes. Life is full of change and how we cope with those changes. Just because a change, just because something seems like it, it, it could go wrong or it could go, it could go right. Really weigh out the pros and cons, but understand that stag- stagnation is not where you want to be. You have to be consistently growing. Um, I always tell, I've, I tell people all the time, 1% a day. 1% a day. That's it. That's all you have to grow 1% a day. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even, I don't grow 1% a day. There's some days that I literally grow 0.01%, but I'm always growing. I'm always growing. So um, bringing it back in, if there's one really takeaway from this episode, if, if, if you're inside of those, those breaks, those, those business breaks, those, those blessings, those hitting those goals, understand that they're right around the corner. In order to hit those goals, in order to receive those blessings, we, we simply have to become that person who is willing to, to do that, who is who is able to do that. And all all of the changes in my life made me into the person who has allowed me to to introduce myself to, to random people. It's allowed me to, you know, speak confidently on a podcast. It's allowed me to start a podcast. I would have never thought I've had a podcast back in the day, never in my life. Uh, it, it allowed me to to meet some of my some of my best friends now by simply hitting them up in a in a DM message, right? Shout out to Charles, my 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 financial advisor. He's I literally shot him a DM message, never spoke to him in, in my life, and we connected just like that. The power of the internet's amazing, um, but I just I, I didn't have a fear of failing. If he didn't hit me back, he didn't hit me back. Cool, that's it. But I had to try. You have to try to to to, to make that change. There's there's a, all of us want something more in life, but we're scared to make that jump. Guys, let's just make the jump. Make the jump together. I promise you there's people out there jumping with you. I promise. So, hey, long story short, I've grown I've grown a lot throughout all these changes in my life. There's things that that's made me into the business owner I am today. Um it's 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 all about growth at the end of the day. Change and coping and growth. And you can't have one without the other, right? Like we always say, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow, baby.